Welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor. Calming the Chaos provides self-help resources for people in crisis. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. Thanks for tuning in. And now, let the chaos begin. And here we are again, talking all things chaos. I'm Tracy Canella, and today we're going to be talking about something that plagues a lot of my clients, which is depression. And for a bonus, we're going to be talking about mixed anxiety and depression and a way that has been around for uh, centuries uh, to be able to help uh, calm the chaos of any kind of pretty much emotional, mental uh, effects of anxiety and depression. Here with us today is uh, Dr. Alex Joano, and uh, he is from Sydney, Australia. So as it is right now, 6 p.m. my time on a Wednesday, or on a Thursday night, it is 7 a.m. his time and the next day on Friday. And so Dr. Alex is gonna come up here and talk about his work with acupuncture and how that is not a scary thing and how I should possibly be able to explore that if I'd like to calm my own chaos and maybe I'll just give it a try. We'll see if he can convince me. Right now, I'm just gonna go ahead and bring up Dr. Alex Joanna, welcome, Dr. Alex, to Calming the Chaos. Uh, thanks, Tracy. Uh, yes, I always like a challenge, so <laughs> I'm up for it. Right. You're going to have to convince me because I am mm. really not sure about some of these images I have been mm. seeing. Uh, you know, they're just kind of scary when you think about it. So Yes. Yeah, I mean, the actual images look scary, but uh, the actual process itself is very uh, gentle and uh, quite uh, easy and relaxing. <laughs> Well, I hope that you're able to talk about it because I know that you are a medical doctor and have a background in medicine. So I don't think that you would be doing this if it was harmful. But why don't you <laughs> just right. go ahead and yeah, tell us about yourself and uh, how you got involved in medicine and then how you transitioned into doing acupuncture. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it was quite a journey. Uh, I've been a doctor for over 40 years and most of that time, 40 years as a general practitioner. And um, and I was quite happy doing general practice as it's taught from the, the Western medical viewpoint until um, back in 1992, I developed Crohn's disease, uh, which for those of you who don't know is quite a severe bowel disorder uh, where it becomes quite inflamed. And I was diagnosed as having it and had two large abscesses in my abdomen and uh, within a week I had uh, major surgery cutting out a couple of feet of intestine. After that, uh, the surgeon said I'm cured because I said, uh, you know, should I follow any particular diet or anything? And he says, oh, no, eat whatever you like, um, you're cured. So I did. And uh, within six weeks, I started getting symptoms again. So that wasn't my idea of fun. And uh, felt quite, uh, I was about 20 kilos lighter than I am now which gives you some idea how thin I was. Mm. And, um, yeah, that started me on a journey of looking at uh, alternatives, initially looking at uh, mega doses of vitamins and things what's uh, today called integrative medicine, 
and uh, that helped for a little while but uh, then again the symptoms came back and I ended up on a path looking at uh, uh, traditional Chinese medicine and uh, all things down that path which is quite a different view of the body from the Western medical approach. Yeah, so your own journey took you to somehow getting to the needles or acupuncture, mm. right? Yeah, so um, yeah, when I first um, I went along to a workshop, it was just an introductory uh, one day workshop just to see what it was all about. And I was impressed that, uh, that there were doctors there who were Western doctors, but they were also Chinese, ethnic Chinese and into acupuncture and Chinese herbs and uh, their whole view of the body was quite different from that of the West and it just uh, I'd never considered the possibility of seeing the body in any other way than what's uh, generally described in Western medicine mm -hmm. and um, yeah that really opened my eyes to a whole new world. Yeah so then how was it that you were able to be given acupuncture and were you afraid? Um, I don't know if afraid's a word, uh, excited. I was definitely excited because I'd read a lot about it, the potential of what it can do. And I thought even if 10% of what I've read is true, <laughs> this will be worth it. And uh, it well and truly was. Yeah, tell us about what you have found that acupuncture can truly do, because mm. I know this episode highlights what's most commonly presenting in my office is mm. mental health issues, yes. which is mixed anxiety and depression. But I know mm -hmm. acupuncture does more help than that, than to treat those sorts of um, mental health conditions. Tell yeah. us a little bit more about what acupuncture can do. Right. Well, it's generally working on the level of mind, body and spirit. So, I mean... As a doctor, when I first started learning this, my natural thought was to try it on people with chronic pain or severe pain that wasn't controlled by painkillers, like people waiting operations on their knees, for example, hip replacements and so forth. And um, so I did that and they were getting good responses to, the, uh, to pain relief, uh, which was fantastic because they were often able to reduce their um, medication or even get off it completely. But then after a while of treating uh, chronic pain and a variety of uh, other medical problems, I realised that uh, the people were telling me that they were feeling so much better, uh, just mentally. And uh, particular things like saying that they didn't have any arguments with their spouse anymore, that they were quite happy. And, and then in their work, uh, they're finding that uh, they were still getting problems in their work, but they were handling the problems with much less uh, emotional upset and stress. So it was my wife actually who urged me to check this out. My wife's a, a medical doctor too in our practice. I ignored her uh, advice for a while as most husbands do. And uh, uh, um, yeah, there was one particular patient. I was, I was blown away because uh, I started treating with acupuncture because she had widespread arthritis and um, Within two or three weeks, she was able to get off the opioid painkillers, uh, which she was very happy about. But then after a month or two, she said, can I stop my antidepressants? And, and when she told me more about it, she had been on antidepressants for 16 years. And I'm going, well, okay, well, let's have a look. And then when I assessed her on a DAS score, which is a depression, anxiety, stress rating scale, uh, she was presenting as normal. 
And uh, so I weaned her off the antidepressants over a period of a month or two, and uh, she felt uh, not only uh, um, wasn't depressed, but she actually felt happier coming off the medication in uh, that she started to experience emotional stuff uh, much better. Um, she, it was around Christmas time when this happened, and uh, there were Christmas carolers came to her door and were singing. She opened the door and they were singing Christmas carols, and she burst into tears but it was tears of joy uh, and she was just amazed and just in a sense of wonder about feeling that uh, the impact of uh, hearing the Christmas carols. And she said, you know, by comparison, she had been dead for years on the medication, which antidepressants can make you less depressed, but they don't actually make you happy necessarily. Mm. And um, yeah, that, when I told my wife this story, she says, oh, you've, you've got it. You've got to research this. You've got to find out what's going on. So I did. Did she start getting along better with her spouse? Because if that's going to happen, I am in. You uh, told me. Well, she's uh, she was uh, um, didn't have a spouse, but uh, much happier with her daughter, her adult daughter. Uh, ah. This was a woman in her uh, mid sixties, and the thing was that was um, eleven years ago, and she still comes to our practice and she hasn't been on um, antidepressants since. And not only that, she hasn't needed any painkillers since either. She just occasionally takes Panadol. And, right? um, yeah. And I thought, well, perhaps she didn't really need the antidepressants. You know how uh, doctors can prescribe antidepressants and patients just keep taking it through habit or something. So, uh, but when I looked through her notes, uh, the previous year, her GP tried to withdraw her from the antidepressants and within six weeks, she started getting symptoms again. So, mm -hmm. uh, um, and as I say, this is now uh, 2011 when I took her off and that's 12 years ago and she's still, she's still happy. So as you were weaning her off the antidepressants, mm. you were also doing acupuncture and that's what made During the During that whole time, yes. Yeah. Well, I, she hasn't needed acupuncture since. I haven't seen her okay. as a patient for acupuncture for years because she just <laughs> hasn't needed it. Explain how acupuncture works in the body. I know it works somehow with the body's energy system. Yeah. And part of that energy would be your energy about depression and having depression or anxiety, mm. even physical pain, like you were talking about chronic pain. Yeah. Well, that's a really good question. And it's uh, involved a lot of people, a lot of time over the years investigating these things. I guess you can look at it from a Western medical viewpoint, and then you can demonstrate that various uh, neurotransmitters are released uh, or, or uh, stimulated uh, with uh, the insertion of the needles. Um, it's been demonstrated that uh, acupuncture causes the increased production of serotonin, which is the um, neurotransmitter that uh, antidepressants are working on. Um, and it, it helps uh, calm and switch off the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic nerves. Uh, so you don't release adrenaline as much and cortisols and other uh, anti-inflammatory hormones. So the body settles down. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess from the Chinese perspective, which is uh, where I get excited, is because the Chinese associate different emotions with different organs in the body. And therefore, if, uh, say, like irritation and anger and frustration can relate to the liver gallbladder area. Okay. And interestingly, when you kneel points relating to the liver and gallbladder, a person can often release a lot of anger <laughs> or a lot of frustration. 
Mm-hmm. Um, lungs can relate to uh, sadness and grief and needling those points if people have stored up uh, grief from uh, some uh, sad event and, and they haven't fully processed it, the, the emotion is released. And sometimes people will cry in a treatment and they don't even know what they're crying about. They can't relate it to anything in particular. And, and sometimes it is related to specific events that they can recall. Right. But uh, it's, it seems that that's the natural, it, it uh, speeds up or catalyzes the natural process in the body. It's just our um, mm-hmm. mindset that we hold these things in and don't grieve openly or, or, or whatever. We, we're supposed to be good, good citizens, mm-hmm. <laughs> and quiet or gentle or kind or whatever. And that, that people then tend to suppress those things and the emotions are stored in the body. So right. acupuncture releases that. Well, so we just added another one, which is anger. What mm. else What else does uh, uh, does acupuncture help? We've, we've gone through a depression, anxiety, mm. and mm. anger. Yeah, and just the worrying. Yeah, yeah just um, people I, over a few treatments will usually feel a whole lot calmer. And um, <clears throat> they can get into quite a deep meditative state during the acupuncture. And if they, people who practice meditation regularly, any in any case, will usually get quicker and deeper responses to the mm-hmm. acupuncture. But it, but I've certainly treated many many people who've never had any experience like that before, and are just blown away by the uh, the improvement they get. Does it help something like eating disorders or ADHD, anything that has to do with it? Yeah, it can help in all those regards. I mean, (laughs) certainly, I mean, I can recall a specific patient who, uh, after her third treatment, said that she was able to drive to the surgery and it had been the first time she'd driven a car in in many months because of her uh, panic panic attacks and so forth. And she had hardly left the house the first couple of times her husband drove her to the clinic and 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 I think the first treatment even sat in with her because she was quite nervous and anxious about the whole thing. But uh, by the end, uh, she got her life back. So how many treatments was she in about, there for? About eight or ten, something eight or like ten. that. Okay. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah it's relatively quick. Mm. In fact, you know, sometime, a couple of times I've tested it to see how quick it can work. <laughs> um, <laughs> earlier this year, I was in Canada for... Um, to meet some friends and a friend of a friend was depressed and had been on antidepressants for 18 years because of the severity of his depression. And in fact, when I assessed him, when I met him, uh, he was quite uh, depressed, uh, even though he was taking medications and very anxious. And I uh, treated him once a day for a week. And by the end of the week, he was no longer depressed, which was quite remarkable. He felt quite happy. I mean, I don't think that was a cure. He was still on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unless you change your ways and speak to a counsellor and debrief and so forth, uh, if if you don't follow up with treatment, well, you tend to regress. But the thing was, he got that improvement in his emotions and mindset in that shorter time. Mm-hmm. So acupuncture itself is not going to be a cure-all, but in used in conjunction with mm. possibly counselling, is that yeah, what Yeah, I would think do? so. Yeah, I mean... Part of that is me talking to my patients sometimes, but uh, but yeah, if uh, a lot of people have got some uh, really terrible terrible events in the past and so on, and usually it helps to uh, to process that with a psychologist or counsellor, somebody of that uh, 
degree. And, uh, yeah, but the thing is once people start uh, releasing those emotional things and talking about events, uh, inevitably brings about change. And once you're on that path, most people want to keep continuing uh, because uh, they don't want to go back to the way they were feeling before. And I think, you know, you get to a point where you know they're cured because they're not going to go back to the way they were. You know, I've certainly um, treated people with PTSD, um, you know, there was one particular woman who had been sexually abused by her father as a kid. Uh, it was just uh, a terrible thing, but uh, that had come up through counselling. And then she went to the police. And in the meantime, a friend of hers told her to come and see me for acupuncture as well. And she went through the whole process with the police and with the courts. And, and ultimately, her father was sentenced to jail uh, for a few years. And... Um, and it was also against her sister and her mother who were, were defending the father and didn't believe her story. And she said she wouldn't have coped if it wasn't for the acupuncture she was having during that time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, I, I get blown away by the stories I hear from my patients all the time. And that's yeah. why I think I've got to bring this uh, process to the world because, you know, I'm not, I'm not a young man anymore. And, uh, and I don't want to die with this uh, process, you know, and the process die with me. So I'm out to train other acupuncturists. Yeah, that's, so that's how partly what you are doing. You are mm. a retired medical doctor, but you're doing acupuncture one day a week, but then you're also heading a lot of training for people who mm. want to be trained to be acupuncturists. I assume you have to be a medical doctor first, or can uh, you just... No, you a, if, a, if a person's a licensed acupuncturist, I can teach them. So they oh, don't okay. have to be a, a Western medically trained. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great. Well, so if I wanted to go into an acupuncturist's office, what could I expect? <laughs> Hopefully uh, it'll be a lot more pleasant than you think it's going to be. Oh, is there I a mean, bunch of like, like music, you know, and yeah, yeah. waterfalls I mean, and like the Chinese, traditional Chinese sort of decor? Yeah, I or? think most, uh, most acupuncturists try to... Uh, reproduce that kind of atmosphere because uh, you know they understand that a lot of patients who've never tried acupuncture before will be you know at least a bit nervous and some are quite anxious um i mean i i try to reassure people that it's not as bad as they're expecting or the images that they've seen on the internet and uh and i i just say well let's you just like try that? one needle yeah something like that which looks <laughs> scary but um uh, it's amazing how um, non-painful it is. And the vast majority of patients, I say, well, let me just put one needle in and see how you go. And I put one needle in and they go, oh, is that all there is to it? And then they're quite happy for me to continue. Okay. Yeah, so you walk in and you've got this sort of Zen atmosphere mm. and you go into the, uh, I guess, the acupuncture, the, the needle mm. room where you, where you get poked, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And, you, and there's these needles, they look like they're sharp. Uh, Dr. Uh, Joanna, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Dr. Alex, they look like they're really sharp. Um, it's interesting. They're not actually sharp. They're blunt. It's just that they're very fine. Um, if you look under a microscope, the actual ends of the uh, needles are, are round. And okay. what happens when you insert the needle, um, it tends to push blood vessels and nerves to one side or the other. That's as opposed to like having a blood test or be given a vaccination where the needle has a beveled edge, which cuts 
cuts tissue, cuts into the skin, cuts into the wall of the blood vessel, and that's what causes pain, mm. is that, that beveled edge. So this is uh, much finer. Some of the needles are hardly thicker than a human hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, All very right. fine. And then do you ask a bunch of questions about why are you here and what would you like to accomplish? Sure. And then, yeah, then yeah. you get an idea of what you're, uh, mm. you're going to treat. Yeah, yeah. I usually give them a questionnaire, which uh, the way they answer informs me as to what's going on because I'm asking questions about their their mind, the state of their mind, the state of their body, and and their, even their state of their spirits, how, how they're feeling emotionally and um, so forth. And that gives me an idea of what's going on in their body mm -hmm. and what to treat. And during that process, are you able to make that person more comfortable and uh, being able to, yeah. you know, if it's their first time? If it's their first time, I guess eight or, eight or nine times out of ten, the people that go away with their smile on their face, they're quite happy that it's nowhere near as frightening as they thought. Uh, they actually go away feeling relaxed. I mean, some people can hop off the bed and take a few steps and say, oh, I feel better already, or I feel mm -hmm. different, or I feel like I'm floating, uh, things like that. Um, I'm sometimes that. it can uh, stir things up, particularly if uh, there's a lot of stored emotion, uh, repressed emotion. Mm -hmm. um, not always, but if it's going to happen like some sort of emotional outburst, it's usually within 48 hours of the treatment. Okay. They might go home and suddenly scream at their husband or about something that's relatively trivial, but it's a whole number of years of pent up stuff that comes out. It just, yeah, it just releases. Uh, with, yeah, uh, with yeah. All that. Mm. Or I've had the odd patient that says that they, you know, they cried all day and didn't know why they were crying, but they, uh -huh. they felt better afterwards. Kind of like you're poking the bear a little bit, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that's part of the problem of, of antidepressants, I think, is, I mean, they're, they're generally working by suppressing that emotion. So if you're, if you're depressed, to feel less depressed is a relief. But it's not actually genuinely moving you through to a state of happiness. Right. That's where acupuncture is quite different in that regard. So, how long do I spend in on the table? It's a, it's a table, right? These these, these yeah, things it's are... like a massage table. Yeah. Yeah. How long do I spend in there on there? And, um, well, it's, I mean, there's different treatments. So the shortest is probably about twenty minutes. I mean, I'm often giving treatments that total time is about an hour and a half from the time you walk into the time you leave. Mm -hmm. And that's because I, I needle the people twice, once while they're lying face down and once while they're lying face up. And um, the combined effect I find is a lot stronger and more powerful and gets quicker results, which is what people are after. Hmm. I guess I, I just come back until I start to think that I don't need any more treatment and then come back yeah, whenever I need yeah. Well, generally, I, I recommend for mental health issues particularly and also uh, pain, usually once a week for about eight weeks. And often the effect of the acupuncture only lasts a, a day or two and people feel better definitely after a treatment, but then after a couple of days, it wears off. But then Thanks. over succeeding weeks, they find that the effect lasts longer and it gets stronger. So that once they get to the stage where they feel good for the week, then I say, uh, let's do it fortnightly. And then when you feel as good in the second week as you do in the first week, then I make it every three weeks and so on. And 
you know, sometimes you can people only need to come in once every two or three months for a, a top up, so to speak. Hmm. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. No, I'm going to go not. ahead and put your, your website up here. It's a, it's a really kind of catchy name, uh, com. And uh, yeah. so how did you come up with that idea? Um, yeah, it was just a, it brainstormed in a group, actually, because I was, I was uh, about to write my book about this. And I'd had, you know, a, a whole bunch of different ideas. And somebody shouted out, why don't you call it Stick It to Depression? And I thought... It was, yeah. Everybody laughed, so it was it was a good response, and everybody thought it was great. So yeah. I used that. Cool. Yeah. Um, so here is his website. This is Dr. Alex right there. With I must say, uh, I am wearing a, a, a Hawaiian-ish kind of shirt today. But, you know, <laughs> you always have this whole, this cheerful sort of attitude towards you. This is transforming yeah. question through acupuncture. You want to tell us mm. a little bit about your website and the services that you have to offer? And yeah, of course, yeah. you're in Sydney, right? You're in Sydney, Australia. Yeah, yeah, just outside of Sydney, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm now doing training um, throughout the world via the internet. I've um, I've trained uh, acupuncturists in uh, live workshops in Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane and uh, now doing it online. So I've got my first uh, Canadian acupuncturists that I've taught and uh, and uh, from the UK. I'd like to get some Americans on board with this. And as you can see there, I'm actually running a retreat. For, this is for acupuncturists uh, next year. Um, and that's where I actually got the idea of the, the shirts, uh, the bright shirts, because when I've been to Fiji there uh, 12 times now, and every time I come back fully recharged and feeling happy, and yet I'm actually out there and some days doing 30 treatments on the uh, villages, the nearby village. And um, but I don't feel tired or exhausted. I feel energized. So nice. I was talking to my wife about it and just wondering how I could maintain that feeling of that I had in Fiji back in the, in the, my clinic. And uh, it was like my game. My wife with the bright ideas said, "Why don't you buy some Buller shirts, which are the uh, the Fijian bright shirts, oh, with the yeah. hi hibiscus flowers, well, oh, like yeah. a Hawaiian shirts." Mm -hmm. So so I did that, and not only did I maintain the feeling of being on holiday <laughs> by wearing those shirts, um, uh, my patients were start, would smile when they'd see my shirts. And this is fantastic when you've got patients with depression to get them out of their uh, troubles and they just start smiling because I'm wearing uh, a you know, bright shirt. And... Um, and so sometimes, you know, the patients themselves will come and start wearing bright clothing. Um, often right. people who are depressed wear very dark clothing or, you know, drab and suiting the mood they're in type of thing. So yeah. it's one of the ways you can help depression is just by wearing brighter clothes. Yeah, yeah, I see you. Uh, you um, actually were featured in a lot of major uh, networking yeah, sort yeah. of um, interviews or articles, and then there you are again in another bright shirt. Mm -hmm. And I thought I saw that you had uh, some sort of a coverlet on one of your patients that was a little bit. Yeah, there you go. It was. It looks a little bright. There, yes. So. Yeah, I <laughs> use those uh, uh, silk silk shawls. Uh, yeah, are nice because they um, they just so light, and when you put them on top of needles, 
uh, it doesn't, they, the patients don't feel the pressure of the weight of the shawl on the needles. Yeah. And um, and it keeps them warm as well. So, yeah, That's I mean, use every, every uh, you know, opportunity to make people feel comfortable with the process. Mm-hmm. Looks like you've written some books as well. There's some books yeah. here. Let's see if it'll actually populate this or I have to... Yeah, 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 we can they, see it here. Yeah, so Stick It to Depression, Another Tool in Your Doctor's Bag was my first book, and I wrote that specifically to tell doctors, uh, medical doctors, about the advantages of uh, acupuncture for their patients. So I get a lot of referrals from doctors around the town to help mm. their patients. And then I wrote uh, Stick It to Depression, uh, Get Your Life Back Naturally, which I've written to help... Um, uh, the general, which is that one there, to help the general population understand about uh, uh, how acupuncture can help their depression. So it's uh, written in a little bit uh, simpler language, I suppose. Nice. Well, yeah, so your website is on screen. And uh, mm. if anybody's interested to go and yeah. check it out, uh, go mm. ahead and do that. Anybody wants to go to Fiji, <laughs> there's, there's that going on uh, and uh, actually catch some of the Fijian spirit there. And uh, yes. awesome. Yeah. So um, I wanted to say that from a mental health perspective, uh, mm. something that actually helps depression is learning something new. Now I know this mm. is this is your this is your acupuncture sort of um, what do you call it cure for um, for depression, and I get the how that works mm. and, and everything mm. like that. So, but I love teaching people something new. So I thought we would mm. try uh, a fun little game to see if we can teach the audience something new, All and it right. has okay. to do with Australian animals. What do you think about right. that? Okay, okay, let's see. <laughs> All right, I, I am going to go from I'm going to mm. go from the least recognizable to the most recognizable. So let's see let's see how good you are and how how good our audience is. All right, so here's <laughs> here's here's thing number one. What is that? This is an yeah. Australian animal. Well, I would say it looks like a wombat. You are correct, sir. Oh my yeah. goodness, one for one. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, you you pause a little bit there, so you had to. I've think only I've it. only seen a wombat in in the in the, in the wild once. It was just uh, walking down the street, actually, <laughs> yeah. which was yeah, in a rural well, area. <laughs> it was probably pretty happy, or you probably would have stuck a needle in it. Uh, so <laughs> you know, all right. So no, thing number two. Mm. What is that? Oh, looks, looks like a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> It is a now yes. that one looks like it needs a couple of needles. What do you think? It looks like mm, it might. Yeah, well, I don't think it would let me get anywhere <laughs> near him with a needle <laughs> because that... they can be quite as aggressive and snappish as that photo looks. Well, do you think that this one has some problems with his spouse at home and possibly mm. some <laughs> yelling fits? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had never seen that before. And so I had learned something new and yeah. hopefully our audience has learned something new. And then we've got this one. And let's see if oh. you can catch this one. Uh, it's either a baby kangaroo or a, a, an adult wallaby. <laughs> It is a wallaby indeed. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, I've been, I look in the, the, uh, the head is a little bit longer and then the, the, the uh, actual body yeah. is smaller, right? Yeah. Yeah. That wallaby is uh, much smaller than kangaroos. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. The biggest ones would probably be up to about my waist 
height. Yeah. That Whereas an adult you're... kangaroo can be taller than me, oh. you know, six foot plus. That wallaby looks like it could do some acupuncture with its claws. And it looks like it's already had some acupuncture because it looks very zen to me. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty chill. All right. And this one's one I didn't know either. It looks like a cool little dog or a big oh, dog. Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't say cool. Uh, dingo. Oh, why wouldn't you uh, say cool? Uh, they can be quite aggressive um, oh. around campsites. You don't feed the you don't feed dingoes. <laughs> you don't. No, because oh, they okay. uh, and he encourages them to come into campsites and that. I don't oh. know if you're aware of um, the Azaria Chamberlain affair. Mm -mm. Some twenty five thirty years ago, dingo ran off with uh, a baby, <gasps> and uh, this was at uh, Uluru, Ayers uh, Rock. And, yeah, um, and the mother that. was, in the end, they charged the, the parents with uh, murder. But And the mother was actually jailed and imprisoned. And then a few years later, they found the actual, um, what do you call it, the little jacket of the baby uh, oh, at a, a dingo site. And it was just terrible. Wow. Yeah, well, they, they probably should have been a little bit more careful with their kid, right? Yeah, well, the baby was only like uh, six weeks or something. Six weeks old. And, the, and the dingo had gone into the actual tent and grabbed the baby. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. That's awful. <laughs> but, All right. Uh, well, so it in, looks like a cute yes. little dog, but not so much. Beware. No. Yes. If you ever go to the land down under, uh, please do not feed the dingoes mm. at the campsite <laughs> and keep your babies very yeah. close to you. So not, yeah. I mean, I've never seen a dingo at a campsite, so it's not like... Uh, but, yeah, it does happen, apparently. Well, you are four for four now. Let's see. Now, these are the ones that you are very widely recognizable, so you're probably going to get 100%. Way to go, Dr. Alex. Uh, this is... <laughs> Whatever. To be a kangaroo with a baby. I love and this picture. A little joey in the pouch. Mm. A little jelly in the pouch. Yeah, yeah. And the last one is, you know, I was going Not to doctor this up and put some uh, some needles in it, but it looks kind of <laughs> like it's got some needles in it already. Yeah, so the, uh, the koala, they only eat a particular species of eucalyptus. Mm -hmm. And um, and apparently the oil in the eucalyptus leaf uh, turns into some kind of sedative type drug. So they do, <laughs> they are as sleepy as they look. I've heard that, and I've also used mm. eucalyptus in my counseling practice to try and calm mm. people, just to kind of uh, do to put it in my little filtration yeah. system, and it really helps. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to try some acupuncture. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to try and figure something out. Maybe get some recommendations right. from people. And yeah. see if I can find a licensed acupuncturist, and I'm going to go in there and I'll report back to you and see see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So again, this is uh, Dr. Alex's web website, stickittodepression.com. Really can't forget that name. And, uh, you know, this is not that scary. It, it is, it is it really is. not. Uh, even though some of those look like they're going in pretty far, it's supposed to really help. Any parting words or thoughts you'd like to uh, have, uh, Dr. Alex? It was sure nice uh, having you, and thank you for uh, amusing me with the uh, with the game about the Australian uh, no, right. animals. 
Throw in a bit of chaos there. <laughs> well, exactly. Just to see how you handle it. You you did great. So yeah, any parting words you'd like to uh, to oh, say? I just say give it a go. If if you're half interested, just at least try once to yeah. to find out what it is. But uh, it can be very powerful, uh, very uh, subtly. So um, mm -hmm. can shift stuff uh, that you. <clears throat> often people come in for treatment. And they walk out noticing all sorts of things have changed in their body, not just the particular issue that they have. So nice. it's, uh, it's definitely worthwhile. And even if you have, haven't got any mental illness, but feeling a bit stressed or frazzled, um, you know, acupuncture will settle things very quickly. Well, I'll give it a try. Thank you Good so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. And for, for uh, hopefully you have a nice day and I have a good evening. And yeah, uh, thank you again uh, for joining us on uh, Calming the Chaos podcast. I appreciated you being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Calming the Chaos podcast. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. You can also go to www.calmingthechaospodcast.com to listen to all Calming the Chaos podcast episodes. I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care. Howl at the moon or something like that.